Our partnership with KCM has taught us how to, on purpose, enjoy a good life and not only be blessed, but to be put into a position to truly be a blessing to others. And, uh, and we're just grateful for it. It'll work for anybody. The highest form of faith is faith in God's Word and its authority. Today on The Believer's Voice of Victory, Gloria Copeland and Pastor George Pearson study the Scriptures and reveal examples of having the greatest faith. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Believer's Voice of Victory. Pastor George is back. Haven't you enjoyed hearing and being stirred up about your faith again? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Wow. The greatest faith. Yep, we're this talking is day about the five. greatest faith. The greatest faith. Welcome, yeah. George. Gloria, it's so good to be with you. And we've had such a great week this week talking about the development of our faith. Yes. And of course, all of our outlines are available to you, kcm.org. Click to the picture of Glory and Me, and it'll take you to those outlines, not just the ones that we've done here these this first week, uh, but also all of them since we began teaching on prosperity. They're all available to How many to them. How so has it been? We have, well, downloaded, uh, we have two, uh, 1,254,000 outlines have been downloaded since Praise we began doing God. this. So people are obviously That's interested right. in knowing how to prosper knowing how to operate in the laws that govern supernatural prosperity. I remember, I'm still interested, but I remember when I was desperately You were interested. desperately interested. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. It worked, too. Well, what we've been doing this week, I've talked about how at the beginning of the year, I was praying about the vision and all the things that we're doing here yeah. and personally and the partners and our congregation. And, and I asked the Lord, I said, what do we need to do to be able to get those things fulfilled? He said, you're going to have to develop your faith. You're going to have to develop an uncommon faith. And faith can be developed. We looked last, this last week over all of the various levels of faith from no faith to little faith to strong faith. And now we're talking about the greatest faith, yes, which we'll get into in here in just a moment. But all that to say, our faith must be developed. And there's a way to develop faith to where, I'll use this illustration. You can, when I first started training in the gym, and I started training about five years ago on a regular basis, and I've stuck with it this time all these last five years. And when I went in there, there was, there was a certain amount of weight that I could lift up. Well, now I can lift up heavier weight. I can, I'm able to do more than I did before. Why is that? Because I developed in that area. Well, you can develop in your faith Amen. where you're able to, if you will, lift more or be able to move more of the mountain or receive more that God wants you to have. So we all have the same measure of faith. When we were born again, we were given the same measure of faith, and that's important to know. But that measure has to be developed. So what we've been doing this week, Gloria, is we've been talking about just some basic things about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And we've talked about the measure of faith, and we've talked about... 
um, bulldog faith and the nature of faith. And I wanted to talk about this, and this is the greatest faith. Okay. This, this really is, I would say, the, the ultimate of where you can go in your faith. And we find it in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. So I want to read that first of all. That'll be our foundation scripture. And I'm reading from my Bible here. And in verse 5 it says, When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lies home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Powerful scripture. Mm -hmm. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does this. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And in verse 13 it says, He told the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed. Now isn't that interesting, Gloria? Mm -hmm. As you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. That's right. That's the account of this servant who had what Jesus called the the greatest faith. So I put some notes down here on your page here. We can go through these together. But this, I learned this from Brother Copeland many years ago about this greatest faith. The highest form of faith is faith in God's word and its authority alone. That's right. That's the highest the highest level of faith, the highest, and this, the second one here, the highest form of faith is faith in God's word as evidence requiring no other proof to support it. That's right. Those are the two That's awesome. definitions, Gloria, that Kenneth gave of what is, what is the highest form of faith. It does not demand physical proof. It just receives what is given to it in the Word of God. Now, I put here the lowest form of faith or no faith at all in God's sight is someone who demands a physical sign or manifestation before they will believe. And I gave two examples here. From this one in John 20, Thomas had to see and feel before he would believe. He wouldn't believe. And that's the lowest form of faith. Show me a sign. Show me some proof. That's the lowest form. And then in Luke 1.18... Uh, and, and they called him Doubting Thomas. They call, well, yeah, they so called him... So this is a good re- uh, definition of doubting. Yes, demanding, demanding to see a sign before you believe. Yeah. And that's, you're right, that's where he got the word Doubting Thomas. In Luke 1.18, it says Zacharias needed a sign because all he could think about was his old age. I want a sign that I want to have a child. I want a sign. And so the, this centurion, though, he was different, Gloria. He was someone that was so different. He had faith in the living word of God. And he, he understood the power of the resident, power resident in the spoken word of God. So let's take a look at this. He was in, in verse 9, or rather in verse 8. 
Let's take a look at verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Yes. I would say, Gloria, that is one of the most powerful statements in the Bible. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Doesn't that say something to us about the power of our words? Yeah. The words that we speak, the things that come out of our mouths and how important they are. Right. And then, then he said this. He said, I'm a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he goes, to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, what was going on here? This, this servant, he was a man of authority, and that's on, on part B there, number one. Mm-hmm. As a man of authority, he commanded his soldiers to come, to go, to do things. As a man under authority, he responded to his superiors in the same way. He would come, he would go, he would do. And I got this from Brother Copeland's notes. The centurion recognized that the disease was subject to what Jesus said as much as his men were subject to what he said. He understood the concept of the authority of the believer. Yeah. And Jesus began to recognize that. He said, Lord, you say the word and my servant will be healed. You say the word of God. I trust that word. That's all I need. I don't need any other proof. I don't even need you to come to my house. He said, all you have to do is speak it. That was a revelation of faith that nobody else really understood. And Lord, you say the word and my servant will be healed. And he understood the concept of faith. And, and I, I looked at this in, in Mark eleven twenty two, and this is down there at the bottom of that page. He understood the concept of faith. And in Mark uh, 20, 11, verse 23, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Well, you're making commands just like the centurion did. He tells his his men under him, yeah. you go, you, you do this, and you do the same thing with faith. You tell that mountain to move. Yeah. And you don't need any proof whatsoever that that mountain That's has right. moved. You tell it to move, and on the authority of the word of God that you speak, that mountain has to move. That's right. And I like what Brother Keith Moore has said before about that. He said, don't Don't be moved by what you see. If you don't see that mountain moving, you just know that there is something taking place where that mountain is moving and it's shifting, and at any moment that thing will be cast into the sea. Well, this centurion understood the authority authority. that he had, and, and Jesus recognized that. Well, in verse 24 of Mark 11, what things soever you desire when you pray... Believe you receive them and you shall have them. Well, he said to Jesus, I tell this man to go and he goes. I tell another to come and he comes. See, he got it. He got faith. Yeah. And it says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. Or in other words, come. Yeah. You come to me. He understood that authority. In verse 25 of Mark 11, when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. That's a release. That is a release. So this this man understood the 
the authority. And here's what happened. Jesus, it says that Jesus, when he heard it, he marveled. Yes. And Gloria, I looked up that word marveled, and that word in the Greek, it means to be stirred. It means to be impressed. Jesus excited this man. Somebody finally got it. Somebody finally got it. Yeah. That's exactly right. Somebody finally got it. And I, and I, he, he mentioned that, and he said that to everybody around him. He said, he said, I have not seen so great faith, no, not in Israel. And, and think about this, Gloria. All of his disciples were standing around him. Yeah. So what have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been doing? I thought about that. And he said, he, he mentioned to everybody, including his disciples, and this... Somebody finally got somebody it. Somebody finally got it. And that's the thing that stirred Jesus. And I heard Kenneth talk about this one time. You can excite Jesus with your faith. I believe You that. can stir him with your faith. Yeah. And that great faith is a level that all of us aspire to. Oh and one of the things that we have to learn about great faith is the authority that we have in our words. The authority of the believer. This centurion was... He was a man of authority. He, under, he understood, authority. understood authority. I understand authority. I've worked, I have worked for Gloria Copeland now for, for 42 years. You have put up with me and, for 42 years. <laughs> no, and she, she will tell me to, to go and I will go. And she will tell me to come and I will come. And she will tell me to do this and I will do that. But I also have people that are now under me. And I tell them to go and to come and to do. I understand the concept of authority, the authority of the believer. And that's, that is key. And when they do what you say, mm-hmm. they get rewarded. They get rewarded. They get to keep working on their that's job right. and they get paid. That's right. That's exactly right. That's the way there's it works. A, Gloria, there's a teaching that Kenneth does called faith the servant of the believer. Yeah, you remember I that? Uh-huh. And he taught about that and how faith is a servant to the believer. We send our faith out there to go do or get or receive or whatever, whatever needs to happen. We send that faith out there. It is a servant That's to right. us. That's right. So Jesus saw in the centurion, he said, and another thing that I recognized about this he was walking in an uncommon faith. He was, he was using his faith for somebody else. Hmm. See, as I was reading this, Gloria, I'll just share this with you. Okay, I'd like he, to hear it. He says, he says, I'm a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. I say to this man, go. He goes to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, his servant was sick. He didn't want to lose him. He depended on him. He looked to him. He said, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. He must have so appreciated that servant that he went to Jesus himself using his faith, not for himself, but he was using his faith for his valuable servant. Hmm. And that's another thing. To use your faith for yourself is one thing. But I believe that there's a place where we use our faith to help others. And we know that's true. And yes. that, is, that is the greatest faith. We believe God around here for the, the finances to be yes. able to help other ministries. And that's where Brother Copeland is a most unusual he is individual. A most unusual. I get, this is funny, Gloria. I get, 
whenever he'll either call Jan, your sister, or me, or Barry Tubbs, who's an associate minister here, and he'll give them instruction. Now, I want to give this much money to so-and-so, or I want to give this much money to so-and-so. And so Jan will send a text out to my executive team every time Brother Copeland does that because I want all my team to call in the harvest of everything that is sent from here. Yes, amen. But I've been finding lately those texts are coming almost on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) He's keeping you busy. He's keeping us busy. But we're believing God right along with him for the finances to be able to do that. So the highest form of faith is not only using faith for yourself, it's using faith for somebody else. Yes. (laughs) And great faith, oh, Gloria, look at this. In number four there, great faith in the Greek. It is a Greek word which means enormous. It means so vast so large, so long. And that's what Jesus said to that centurion. He said, I have not seen as enormous faith as I've seen with you. See, that's how we can develop our faith. That's awesome. Faith uh, as this with anyone, even in Israel. Yeah. Yeah, even in the whole of Israel. He was walking in the greatest faith possible. And I looked up in verse 11 in the message translation. It says, this man is the vanguard of many outsiders who will soon be coming from all directions. And I looked up the word vanguard. What's a vanguard? It's a position at the forefront of new developments or ideas. It's a spearhead, a cutting edge. Mm -hmm. And the centurion was the cutting edge of faith. He was the spearhead of the, 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 uh, an ultimate realm of faith. Great faith. Great faith. Great faith. He was the spearhead of that great faith. And then in verse 13, Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed that very hour. Praise God. Gloria, I believe that the Lord is desiring for each one of us as we pursue this, and next week we're going to get into this even further. Next week, Gloria, what we're going to do is we're going to go through a step-by-step process of how to develop this great faith. Good. How do we develop this uncommon faith? And these are the things that the Apostle Paul told the Thessalonian church when he said, your faith is growing exceedingly. But these are also the things, and I have, I have my Kenneth Copeland edition Bible right here, and I have all of his notes. And I went back through his notes, and I found out what Brother Copeland taught about how to develop the highest level of faith. And that's what you and I are going to be talking about oh, next week. Boy, that that's what we're going to be getting into. All of this week, we've talked about what faith was and so how... Shall I bring my Bible? You should bring your Bible. Okay. But this no, Bible. I'll, I'll bring the notes. Okay. It's got all of it in it. Okay. But we have, we have the opportunity to develop the highest form of faith. And when a person does that, it is so easy to believe God. It is so easy to receive the things that are necessary to receive. And it's so easy to see the miraculous take place in our lives. Now, I want to show everybody a feature that we produced on on a a couple, Joshua and Ileana Bulger. And they're uh, uh, partners with the ministry. They pastor a church. And Gloria, they, they had some needs in their lives, so they sowed a seed towards that need. And before they had the opportunity to sow that seed, miracles. 
provisional Praise miracles God. began to happen. You need to take a look at this. Glory and I will be right back with you. I'm Joshua Bolger, and this is my wife, Eliana, and we're from Visalia, California. One day we're at church, and uh, we're just dancing, having a good time, and I felt something snap, and uh, I'd torn my meniscus. And, um, and so in California, to have that surgery, it was like $12,000 just to have the surgery. It didn't cover the anesthesiologist or the surgery center or anything like that. And, uh, and so we knew we needed, you know, we needed a miracle, and so uh, we knew that we needed to sow a seed. Yeah, and Tuesday morning, um, I called our, uh, my secretary, and I said, I need a $1,000 check. So I need a $1,000 check ready to go. I said, we need to sow a significant seed. On Wednesday, I'm in my, um, my bedroom, and I hear him just praising the Lord and crying. And uh, it was a happy cry. I knew it wasn't one of those, like, something bad happened. I just knew something good had happened. I had a friend that just told me, he said, hey, he said, you know, contact that surgery center. He goes, you don't need to pray no more. He said, I'm sending you a check for $10,000. He said, go and have that surgery. We just knew God told us to do it. And before we even got it in the ground, the seed had already produced itself. And that's been happening a lot. It, it's not something that, oh, it's just this one time. It, it's something that keeps happening. We purpose something in our heart to do for God, and the harvest comes. Because of him having to be out of the pulpit for a while, our um, attendance fluctuated. And because of our attendance, you know, the, the income fluctuated for the church. You know, things were getting paid, but things were being late. And um, we don't have any debt in our ministry, so it's just operating expenses. So I've been believing the Lord and just been believing the Lord. And um, December 22nd came up, and I spoke to our financial um, secretary at the office. I said, we need $12,000. I said, to show up today. I said, and it needs to be cash. And she said, well, why do you need, why does it need to be cash? I said, that money needs to go into our church account in cash. I said, because if it goes in as a check, they might want to hold it. And I said, and it's Saturday, Monday's Christmas. We won't be able to do the things that we have to do by tomorrow. And she said, okay. So we prayed. I walked inside at 1230, an hour later. I, I, get, I get a phone call from her and she's screaming. A lady in the church had gotten a check from a huge, huge, huge <laughs> settlement. Um, and she wanted, because of the way that her, the check was drawn, this is totally God too, because of the way the check was drawn, she was able to go into the bank that it was drawn off of and cash this large check to be able to sow because they wanted to sow $13,000 and they wanted their seed in the ground and she wanted to go to the office to get it recorded that it was in the bank before I think it was in our bank account by 9.30 the banks opened at 9 well what blesses me the most is that that check had to come in the mail and so that was already in the mail before at 11.30 I'm sitting there going okay Lord no need. you know what needs to happen and we need to go into this next year right and so, I mean, just God has been doing things like that over and over again. And January 2nd, my husband and I was, were going to go to Australia to drop our daughter off. She's um, doing missions work there at a church. And, you know, in the back of your head, the enemy comes. And I to tell you, well, you're leaving January 2nd. What if there's lock? 
you know, you're the pastors, you need to be here. All these thoughts were coming to my mind. And I said, Lord, you need to take care of this because I can't leave to Australia to spend this quality last two weeks with my daughter. We're sewing her into another ministry to spend these weeks with my daughter thinking about what's happening at home. So I'm sitting there at 8.35 and I get a phone call from my secretary at home. And then she said, I sent you balances and everything. And I said, okay. So I had a choice, either check the balances, check what's going on now, or wait for 17 hours, you know. And I thought, well, I might as well know now. So I look and everything's paid. By January 2nd, everything is taken care of. Everything is paid. Um, And God is just doing things like that over and over again. Our partnership with KCM has taught us how to, on purpose, enjoy a good life and not only be blessed, but to be put into a position to truly be a blessing to others. And uh, and we're just grateful for it. It'll work for anybody. Yeah. It'll work yeah. for anybody. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.